If you need a title for the sermon, the sermon title is, It Was a Mess, But I Made It Through. It was a mess, but I made it through. The familiar statement, I made it, is a statement that implies achievement in the midst of overwhelming odds. It's a proclamation of accomplishment for someone who has had the deck stacked against him. It's a way of saying that in spite of the length of the journey, in spite of the roughness of the road, in spite of the many stumbling blocks which have been thrown in my way, I have overcome and I have achieved my goal. Now we must note that the statement I made it does not refer to an ultimate goal, nor does it refer to a permanent victory. As long as I'm a citizen of this world, as long as we are housed in these mortal bodies, every achievement is temporary and every victory is short-lived. The celebration only lasts for a little while. In any, minute, in any or many instances, it's only a prelude to another struggle to come. Amen? Amen. Yet in the words of the songwriter, of the words of the songwriter, we're encouraged that each victory will help you some other to win. So even though the statement I made it isn't permanent or for mortal beings, it contains an element of encouragement, which says that to us that the same grace which brought us thus far on our journey can be trusted to lead us all the way home. With that being said, the title of the sermon again is, It Was a Mess, But I Made It Through. Life of a believer is often filled with many highs and lows, but God always finds us where we are and will bring us to a place of safety and security. Jesus told his disciples to expect trials. He begins by stating this in John chapter 16, verse 1 through 2. These things I have spoken to you that you should not be made to stumble. Uh -huh. They will put you out of the synagogues, yes. The time is coming that whoever kills you will think that they that he offers God service. He said, it's going to be some stuff that's going to happen to you. People are going to do things to you and they think they're going to be doing it for the right reasons. He's already reminding them or warning them that in this life you're going to have some problems. He ends the chapter in the same vein in John 16 and 33 that Brother uh, West so eloquently read for us. John 16 and 33 says, and these things I've spoken to you that in me you may have peace. So we said without him we will not have peace. That's one thing we got to understand. Without God there's no peace. We said in the world you will have tribulation. You're going to have problems. You're going to have stuff that you got to go through. He said, but uh, be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Yet in spite of these words, many profess to know Christ, stumble and fall away when they get hit with various trials. Some people, as soon as some things happen to them, they fall away. But God has already told you in his word that you're going to have some problems. This is nothing new to us. But the thing is that we don't pay attention to what God is trying to tell us. He's trying to prepare you in the future for things going to happen to you. A lot of us, what we understand is the world tells us you'll celebrate are you supposed to get ready for war in a time of peace some of us are caught off guard because we're not paying attention to what's going on everything is good and then when something happens we fall apart but the Bible specifically tells us that things will happen 
If you're going to be a, a going to persevere in the Christ, you must know in advance that you will face, face times when you are in the pit. You must know that what to do when you're there. Rather than turning away from the Lord, you must learn to turn to him to rescue you from life's pit. When I get myself down, when I find myself in a problem, only solution and the only person that I can go to for rescue or from my resolution is going to God. I don't go to the world. I don't go to my best friend. I go to God. Over and over, I've taught you Matthew 6 and 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. I'm always searching for God first for my safety, for my refuge, for my understanding. I'm seeking God first. Psalm 40 and one, verse 1 through 2. Look what the main scripture is for today. I waited patiently for the Lord and he inclined me and heard me cry. I waited patiently for the Lord and he inclined to me. And what he did, he heard my cry. See, a lot of you don't believe that God listened to you. So when you have a relationship with someone, thing is reciprocal. I speak to God, God speaks to me. How do I speak to God? I speak to God through prayer. How does God speak back to me? Through his word. Amen? Amen. You can't be praying and praying and you don't never go to your Bible. How's God talking to you? Folks tell me all the time, well, I, I heard God's voice. He came to me. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. You didn't hear that. that you didn't hear that. Stop saying that. How are you going to have a relationship with God when you don't know God? Amen? Amen. He said, my children know me. Not only do they, you know them, but you better make sure that God knows you. Amen? Come on, Brother Taylor, what's the rest of that scripture? He also brought me out, up out of a horrible pit, uh -huh. out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock. Hold on, let me say this. We want to exegete this scripture. It was a crucial understanding. That's just a $5 word. This being a crucial understanding. He said, he also brought me up out of a horrible pit. I was in a bad situation. As bad as it can get. But look what he says. Out of miry clay. Why would he put that in there? Have you ever been in miry clay? You get stuck on there. Have you ever been in some mud that's so thick that when you put your boot in it and you try to get up, the boot's stuck in there? Yes. There you go. Your foot come out. Look at all. Oh, look at Arthur. Your foot come out. Have you ever been somewhere when you, you, you're, you're in something and you try to get out of it? You seem like you're going deeper and deeper in it. Like you're in quicksand. This is what he's saying. Amen. He's saying that I'm so deep. I'm in a bad place. And when I try to get myself out, I go down deeper and deeper. This is an understanding of that. And if I'm going deeper and deeper, the only thing I can do is sit there and wait for someone to rescue me. I can't. What he's saying, I can't rescue myself. I can't even help myself. Have you been in a situation that you say, I just don't know what to do? Yes. And every time you try to do something, you make it worse. Leave it alone. He's saying here, he said, and he, but God delivered him from that. And then he set my feet upon a rock and a step. Now he's taking me out of a place that, you know what, that I couldn't help myself. Then he moved me to a place to establish me where it's flat, where it's strong, where, you know what, I have a foundation. So he's taking me from one extreme to the other extreme. We all been in rough places in our lives and we have been and we have placed ourselves in. We all have been through struggles in life that were a total mess. It wasn't God. It was not the action of any person, but it was me. 
It's only when we realize the error of our ways that God can rescue us from our mess. The good news is God does not leave us in destitute. He don't leave you in poverty. Look at Psalms 33 and 20. Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. It was a mess, but I made it through. First, we have to embrace, embrace the process of waiting. This has to be something that I accept. I understand that I might not get my answer right away. David said in Psalms 40 and 1, I waited patiently for the Lord. See what it says? It didn't say I just waited. I waited patiently for the Lord. What do this, we do this by what? Being patient. We must learn the process of remembering what God has done for us early in our life. Psalm 77 and 11, Brother Taylor. I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember your wonders of old. I will remember. We forget. What's on that table? That's right. We do this in what? Remembrance of me. Why is it on there? Because we forget. We have select memory of what God does for us. We just like children. I don't never get what I want for Christmas. Yeah, you do. You tore it up when you first got it. We have select memory. We use finality words. Never and always. God always comes through. I say, I'm not a man that I should lie. God always comes through. He might not come through when I want him, but he's always on time. Some of us have already forgotten what God has done for us yesterday. Amen? Because we take God for granted. Being patient begins with our attitude and our ability to delay our gratification. I want it and I want it right now. How long is it going to take you to fix that cake? I'm ready for it. Sister Bowers, you told me I'm going to have my cake. Well, I'm going to get my cake. I want my cake. That's how we live. We're like children. We're spoiled. We want it and we want it right then and there. Like my grandbaby. She was crying and jumping up and Papa, I want it. No, we can we have to learn to wait. God is working on us while we wait. Because patience begins with our attitude and our ability, learning how to wait. We see we want relief now. I want to stop hurting now. I want my answer now. I don't want to wait. I want it right now. We live in a microwave time that I want things to happen and I want it to happen quickly. I pull up in the drive-thru and I order my food, it never fails. My food ain't never right. I pull off, man, they got me out of there in two minutes. But you know what, I don't have no fries. Go back again, can I help you? I need my, is that is all you need? Hold on, is that all you need? Uh, let me see, hold on, hold on one second. Is that all you need, can I help you? Can I, hold on, give me a minute. Then I got somebody in the back seat. You know this menu, Papa. Papa, you know what's on it. Daddy, you know this. And why are you on it? Because I need to take my time. I want to get it right. Is that right on the board? Uh, let me see. Okay, pass up. I didn't even see the board. So I get up there. You know what? Everybody's food is right. Except for Papa's. It never fails. You miss him a drink. If I get a drink, I don't get a straw. If I get this, I don't get that. You know why? Because we're in a rush. That's how life is. We want to rush you through it. I want it, I want it now. Does it matter if you get it quickly and if it's wrong? No. As a child, I don't know about you. I only can talk about me. 
I said, I can't wait to be grown. When I was 12, 13, 14, I can't wait to get, get my own place. When my parents did some things I didn't like, I said, I can't wait. I can have my kids. I ain't going to treat them like they treat me. <laughs> Turn around and do the same thing all over again. <laughs> yeah. When I was sitting there, I remember one time and I was in my 20s and I was sitting there. I said, you know what? I'm going to look pretty good with gray hair. Then I woke up and had a hair full of gray. I was like, man, what happened to you? <laughs> it is something when you're young, you want to be old, but when you're old, you want to be young. Amen. We can't make our mind up what we want. That's right. Amen? Amen. Learning to be patient, learning to live within the time is showing gratitude and appreciation to God. I'm happy like I am. Now, I don't want to go back to being 20 because I didn't know anything. I was too ignorant. I wouldn't mind being 35 again all over. Amen? Because that's when I started worrying about it. I didn't fall to peer pressure. didn't care what you thought. Now, if I, I can go back and take less medicine and I can walk straight, I'll be all right. Amen? It's just like when you go to the store and you get in line that you think is shorter. Listen to what this is. I just wrote this last night. When you get in a, go in a store and you think the line is shorter, but you get out of that line, but the cashier is slow, so you make the move to get into another line, and it's just as slow. Yeah. <laughs> How many of us done that? Yeah. I go into Walmart all the time. I go over there and say, oh, man, they only got two people. And I'm looking at, oh, man, they got, they got a family of five they're trying to feed. I go over there. Now, this girl here don't know the PCU for cucumber. <laughs> what is this? I said, it's lettuce. <laughs> really? Now you want to have a conversation with me? You work here. Now you know what happened to the lady with the family five? They're gone. <laughs> Next, we have to believe that your deliverance will come. We have to be patient. We have to believe that our deliverance will come. We have to come to a place of believing that God is going to bring us out of this messy place or situation. You got to believe it. You got to know within your heart that God is going to help you. David began to think about what God has delivered him before, and he became encouraged. God wants to encourage you not to give up. Just because it hasn't happened yet doesn't mean it won't happen. Amen. Certain things God has to work out. Not only the things, he's working on you as well. I want you to understand something. Hold on till it happens. That's a lot of our problems. We don't want to hold on. We move and we want things to happen, so we walk away from things. We give up on things too soon. Hold on till it happens. Yes, I know it doesn't look good. I know you're tired. I know what people are saying, but don't you lose control and don't lose your faith. Look at Isaiah chapter 41 and verse 10. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Look what he says. Fear not, I am with you. You're not alone. I'm never alone. God said, I'm with you. He said, for I am your God. We're talking about personal, the relationship. I'm your God. He's reminding you. I will strengthen you. I will. No one else. I don't need anybody's strength but God's strength. Amen. I can do all things through Christ who what? Strengthens me. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you. 
Look at Joshua chapter 1 and verse 9. Have I not commanded you? Hold on. He said, I, I, I didn't mention it to you. Now you got to understand, look at it. Look, look how we're looking in, in this uh, exegeting the scripture. First of all, it's Joshua. Joshua was a military man, right? Joshua was used to giving commands. Hey, in the military, you do. When they say about face, you don't have to, you don't think about it. You about face. Amen. When they tell you left, you go right, it was a problem, amen? amen? Joshua was used to giving orders and accepting orders. He knew what it meant when somebody said something, when his, when his uh, subordinate or when his, someone of authority said to do something, he followed it with precision. He didn't do like we did. Well, let me think about it. He said, haven't I not commanded you to do what, Brother Taylor? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid. Hold on, why are you scared? Why are you scared? God is telling you to be strong and be encouraged. Do not be afraid. I don't know what's going to happen. Why are you scared? Learn to wait. Learn to trust on God. It was a mess, but you know what? God's going to get me through it. It looks bad, but God is going to get me through it. This situation I'm in don't look good, but God's going give, to get me through it. I have to have faith. Faith is I can't see it, but I know it. I know without a doubt that God's going to deliver me. I'm sick right now and I'm hearing nothing but bad stuff. But you know what? I know God's going to deliver me. I can't think about what I see with my mortal eyes. I can't think about what I see with my, my, my carnal eyes. I have to look at it with the spiritual lens and realize God has always been there for me. God has always protected me. He brought me this far not to leave me. Hold on. God is coming. Next, we need to know that God will strengthen you while you wait. David began to get his strength back while as he waited. As he became, became encouraged, he was less aggravated. A lot of you walking around here upset and mean and mean mugging because you know what? You're scared. You're scared and you're worried. People who are scared and worried, those people are the ones that are unhappy. No, I don't worry about that. It's all right. Learn to let things go. Most of your problem is that, you know what, you don't know how to let things go. I was talking to someone, I was telling them, I was telling them about what I'm learning to do. If I have a problem on Monday, and I'm still dealing with that problem the next Monday, something's wrong. Something's wrong. If I'm getting bad news on Monday, I deal with it Monday, I give it to God on Monday, why am I still carrying it around on Tuesday? God has that. If you've given me something to have, and every time I turn around, you call me at home and say, hey, you remember what I gave you? You still got it? Take it back. I don't want it. Because if you gave it to me, you don't worry about it. That's why I don't never sell a car to somebody I know. Hey, when you go to a dealership, he says, as is, what he says, Ray, no warranty. As is, no warranty. Well, you know, my air condition went out. How long you had the car? Four years? It said, as is, no warranty. What are you telling me for? You need to know a good person, a good AC man? I can, oh no, I want you to fix it. That's not my problem anymore. I've done that, sold something to people you know, and every time you turn, they tell you about it. Man, I didn't know that the glove compartment didn't work. As is, no warranty. You know, the seatbelts in the back don't, don't work. 
as is, no one. One of the speakers is busted. Sing louder. <laughs> the enemy has aggravated many to the point where they don't believe anymore and have been defeated. Some of us are defeated. I told you, the devil's job is to wear you out, to tire you out. He wants you to get tired of people, tired of things, tired of coming to church. He wants to wear you down. If you understand boxing, a lot of people don't understand this in, in boxing, and especially in heavyweight boxing. You got these guys that punch real hard, but the way that they win is that they lean on each other. I tell you what, if you get Gary up here and, he and I lean on him for 14 rounds, he ain't going to be worth anything. Because he's trying to hold my weight up. This is what the devil does. He's just leaning on you. Leaning. He knows you better than you know yourself. And what he's doing is wearing you out. Because he knows that, you know what, it's pretty soon, pretty, pretty soon, or sooner or later, you're just going to stop and give up. Some of us, thank you, brother. Some of us stop coming to worship because we're tired. I'm tired of this person. I'm tired of that person. Some of us give up on things because you know what? We just don't, don't want to do it. We're just tired of it. But when you come in with the right attitude, whatever happened, I'll let that go and I'll move on to the next thing. The next time you come around, I'm not, I'm not carrying that burden. We said, well, Brother Copeland, he's mad at me. No, he ain't. We was done when we finished the conversation. I said what I had to say. You say what you had to say. Amen. See, I'm doing whole grudges. No, I just say what I have to say. You can say what you want. And I'm fine. You say what you have to say. When you say, yeah, I'm sorry, we done with it. Now, if anybody knows if I have the grudges, it's my son-in-law. <laughs> I'm fine with it. And I'm all right with saying, you know what, I'm sorry. I was wrong. But we're not going to sit around there and talk about it next week. We're not going to talk about it tomorrow. That was over. You know why? Because the next thing is coming down the road. That's right. So what happens is now it's building up. You know, I'm mad at sin. Now all of a sudden I'm mad at Casey because that's her husband. Now I'm mad at mad because I'm mad at her daddy. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? If we would have handled that, it's over with. We moved on. And I'm not going to allow Sam to bring it up. Hey, man, that's over with. We've moved on past it. God has gotten me from that. I was in a bad situation, a bad relationship. I'm out of that one. Well, how's that going? I'm, hey, I'm fine. I'm happy. What's going on? What happened with that? Didn't work out. That's all you need to know. I don't need to go into detail and telling you all my business. That's none of your business. I've moved on. God delivered me from that. Amen? It's the same David had poured out his own heart. Look at Psalms chapter 37, verse 1 through 3. Do not fret because of evildoers, mm -hmm. nor be envious of the workers of iniquity. Right. For they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Look what he said. They, for they soon shall be cut down like grass. All the people that are against you, all the things that Satan brings up against you, God said, I'm going to take care of that. He said, trust in the Lord and do what? Good. Don't worry about getting mad and getting upset. Just do what you have to do. Just do good. Don't do evil for evil. Don't do that. Don't be going out cussing somebody out. Don't go out of your character. You made me want, you almost made me, no, I didn't make you do anything. You wanted to cuss. 
because it's in your bucket. That's what he says, do good, dwell in the land. I don't understand how we believe that we get a right because of someone mistreats us, that we can mistreat them back. And God's going to be happy with that. Right. No, I belong to God. We talked about this this morning, about the humanistic side of morality. I'm going to do it because I feel that's right. What does God feel to be right? He expects, his expectation of me is to show what's in me, the character of Galatians chapter 5. Fruit of the Spirit, loving, understanding, forgiveness, kindness. That's what should be coming out of me. Right. Amen. When someone does that to me, that's what I do. Amen. Trust me. Now, I'm listening. I gotta, I'm being honest. That turning the other cheek, I had, to, I had to work on it. I wasn't taught to turn the other cheek. I wasn't taught it. So it's something that I had to work on. I had to apply when someone did something to me to turn the other cheek. Uh -huh. But when I did that and I gave it to God, God took care of it. Yes. Now, a lot of times when early wanted to do it, I felt good for a minute. I felt good that I hit him in his cheek. But you know what? It was consequences for my actions too. Amen? Look at Psalms 33, 20, 20 to 21. Our soul waits for the Lord. Our soul waits for the Lord. Our soul, the whole man waits for the Lord, for he is our what? Our help. He's our comforter. He comforts us when we're going through problems. He's there for us now, and he's what now? Our help and our shield. Our protector. He comforts me and he protects me. For our heart shall rejoice in him because we have trusted in his holy name. Also, we have to be confident that God's, God will be with you during your calamity. God hears your plea when you call him. You may think that God does not hear you, but he hears your faintest cry. He hears your groaning and your intercession. That's why we don't have to go through any other person or any source. God said, call me and I will answer you. Look at Psalms 91 and 15. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. For I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. Look what he says. I will deliver him and I will be with him in trouble. The enemy is after your peace. He is after your praise, your worship to God. He wants to take your testimony. Don't take in, don't give in to the enemy. Don't keep calling, uh, but keep calling on the name of the Lord. God sustains you through your faith. That's what I'm saying. He sustains you through your faith. Hebrews 11 and 1 says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We cannot allow ourselves to worry about things that we don't control over or have control over. But concentrate on what you can control. Some of us are trying to control people. You can't control people. You can't make somebody do something they don't want to do. The only thing you can do is encourage them. You know, and let them be who they are. You don't want people saying, you know, the reason I did it because of you. Have you taught them anything? No. So when you're not around, what they're going to do? Just what they want to do. You can't make anybody do what they don't want to do. We cannot allow ourselves to worry about the things like that. Don't faint when your request is delayed. Don't faint when your request is delayed. That just means that God is working on it. He has not forgotten about your prayers or your petitions. He knows you by name. Put your trust in the Lord. Why? Because he has a track record. 
He has performed before and you just have to praise while you wait. Sing a new song to yourself to keep yourself encouraged. A lot of times what we're doing is we're sitting there, we're just waiting. We're waiting, we're talking about it over and over again. You know, over and over again. I told you this over and over again how it messes up uh, what God is doing for you. God is working on it, but you said it talking about it. You won't leave it alone. You ever had a, had a, a scab or something on you and you know when you put some lotion on, I mean uh, some antibiotics on it, but then you just pick it and pick it, what happens to it? It gets infected. It gets infected. And that's just what happens. If you gave it to God, why are you still talking about it? I don't even want to sit down at a table and talk to you about what I'm going through. Amen. That's God's problem. I want to encourage you. Well, I'm a children of this and children of that. Well, I said, well, you know, did you give it to God? Well, you, what you telling me for? I can't fix them. A lot of times we talk to each other about our problems. We can't fix each other's problems. Amen. Well, I'm telling you, you can't fix mine. Yours is worse than mine. <laughs> so we're going to sit over there together and just cry. <laughs> your kid's bad. No, my kid's is bad. No, your kid's worse than mine. And then we go and get in the car and go, ooh, their kids are better than worse than mine. Really? That's not, what we, that's not fellowship with Christ. Amen. We're supposed to have fellowship one for another, building and encouraging one another. Amen. We come together to encourage one another. Yeah, I know it's bad. I know your children are not faithful, but you know what? Hey, you know, God is. Mm -hmm. God is. What are you doing while you're waiting? Help somebody else's kid. Amen. You ever thought about that? Mm -hmm. Think about that. Yeah. While you're sitting around complaining about what you don't have, think about the things that God has given you. There's people right there in your face that need your help and need your encouragement. Think about that. But see, we live in a society. When I used to go to your house and play with your kid, when it was time to eat, you told me, son, go wash your hands and come to the table. Now you know what you tell? You go out there and you tell Lane, hey, you need to sit early home. He's a big boy, you know he's gonna eat a lot of pork chops. You don't know think about it. Am I lying? That's what we did. When whoever was there, I don't care who it was, go in there and wash your hands. Come to the table and sit down there. We all have something that we can bring to the table. Mm -hmm. Even when things are bad, we're wet. You can encourage somebody else. That's why the church came together, to encourage one another. They didn't know each other. The first century church ain't knowing. The only thing they had in common was their love for God. Right. Not because they had problems, because you know why? Because they were all saved, and they were all living under grace, and they were all thankful for what God had done for them. Mm -hmm. All of us here, we ought to be thankful. That's what we have in common. I can walk down this street with all with 100 black men, but you know what? I got more in common with Dan than I have with them. See, that's what the world wants you to see. But God wants you to see through a spiritual lens. Amen. God ain't worried about skin. God is worried about sin. Amen. Waiting on God. Patiently waiting on God. Being encouraged in the word of God. Encouraging one another. Stop talking about how bad you got it and thank God for how good you have it. Amen. You know what's bad? Dying without God. Amen? Don't isolate yourself from your brothers and sisters, but engage with them in the process. That's why some of you are in the pit right now, because you don't know how to treat people. You're mean spirit. No one fools with you because you're evil spirit and you, don't, you proclaim to be a child of God. It's going to take, uh, come a time when you'll need someone to pray for you. Romans 11 and 22. 
Therefore, consider the goodness and severity of God on those who fail. Severity. Look what it says. Consider the goodness. You can't find anything good in people. Everything you talk about is negative. He said, find the goodness and the severity of, of God on those who what? Fail. Of those who have fallen. Don't you feel sorry for them? You ought to feel sorry for them. Amen. He said, but toward you. Goodness. Goodness. If you continue in his goodness. If, hold on. If you. So this is can do it. Only way I'm going to do it is I got to be, I got to show goodness. He said, if you continue in his goodness. Otherwise, what now, Brother Taylor? You also will be cut off. Also be cut off. That's why some of you are in a situation you are. You don't know how to be nice to people. Find somebody who will pray for you and, and pray with you. And then go back and pray for yourself. The enemy wants you to check out and depend on alternative facts. But place your trust in the Lord. Why? Because Psalms 40 and 4. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust. Uh -huh. And does not respect the proud, nor such as turn aside the lies. God perfects your faith through the process of inactivity. God does this by giving you provisions while you wait. He gives you just enough to sustain you until your promise is fulfilled. He'll stretch what you have until it runs out, and then he will give you a refill. I like to equate this to, we see this in, I said I'm going to be long. You ever notice how, we're talking about morality. I know this is, this is going off a little bit. and I don't want to go down a rabbit hole. But you ever see people that don't have enough, never have enough? And what I mean by that, we're getting ready to be in the season and people say those that need help. You have people that stand in that line, they don't need that stuff no more than the man in the moon. They'll sit in those lines and they get all the free stuff. And you got people that are doing without, you know what, just struggling. Just struggling. But you know what, you got able-bodied young folks. Young folks, able-bodied, ain't worked a day in their life and, wouldn't, and know every place to go to pick up something. See, y'all scared to tell them, but I ain't. They go pick up this over here, then go to this church over here, go this one over here, and that one over here. That's a sin. That is a sin before God. Amen. What you're doing is when you're talking about gluttony, we don't think about food, you're taking stuff and being greedy on the stuff you don't even need. You don't even need these things. God is saying, I'm going to sustain you. God will give you everything that you need. You don't have to go out and steal it. God's going to give it to you. You don't have to go out by it and lie about it. God's going to give it to you. Amen. The problem with us is that, you know what? We can't wait on God, so I'm going to do it myself. See, again, when we're talking about morality, God's reasoning, your reasoning. How many times you go to the store and somebody give you too much change, you say, oh, Lord, thank you for that blessing. You know, stole that girl's money. She gave you a 20 when she should have gave you a, a, a 10. That's a blessing. Preacher, I got a blessing. That ain't no blessing. I don't want it. And don't share it with me because I don't want you to mess me up. Amen? <laughs> Lastly, be confident that what God brings you, that God would bring you out. This clause of 40 and 2 says, he brought me up out of a pit, horrible pit, out of miry clay. This passage revealed another instance of David being confident in the ability of God to rescue him from a place of distress. David knew it. The word confidence has the implication of one's feeling or consciousness of one's power. I know that God can do it because I know God's power. The faith or belief that one will act in the right, proper, and effective way. Being confident in God allows you to draw upon the strength of past victories from others that who had similar situations. 
Now you want to sit down and want to talk? You want to sit down and you want to sit and gossip? Let's talk about what God has done for us. I love to hear when people ask for prayers and they come back and they say, hey, you know the prayers I asked you for? I asked God for? God did it. How many times do you hear people come right back and say, God delivered me from it? I'm here to tell you that you know what? I've been in the hospital. Y'all been praying for me all year and God has healed me. No, we hear, well, you know, I'm mean, just praying for my family. Just praying for my family. You don't even act as if you think God would do it. I'm asking for the prayers of the saints because I know that the prayers of the saints are veiling much. I know when I'm asking you already, I know it's God is already working on it. I ask God and I'm going to ask you. Amen. There's a result in the intimate relationship with God. God desires that we grow in our faith and persevere through the roughest circumstances. God wants to bring us to a total a level of maturity that will bring him glory to his name and will cause us uh, to be, uh, make us to believe more and that there must be a God. God is going to bring many of us to an established place that is secure and the plot of the enemy will not be able to destroy you or your testimony. Look at Jeremiah chapter 17 verse 7 through 8 and it's close. Blessed is the man who trusted in the Lord. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. Not on your president. Not on your governor. Not on your friends. Not on something on TV. But who trusts in the Lord. Not on your preacher. Amen? Amen. Your preacher's a man. I work for God. I'm a herald for the king. I speak where he tells him to speak. I can't fix you. If I'm not taking you to God, then you need to get rid of me. God, seek you God. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in what? Is in the Lord. Not in early. I don't, my name is not in there. Only reason my name is in there, it says early on the Sunday morning Jesus rose. I'm right there with him. Amen? Look what it says in verse number 8. For he shall be like a tree planted by the water, uh -huh. which spreads out its roots by the river, and will not fear when he comes. Look at that. You're not going to be scared when you have times of tribulation. You're not going to be scared when things are not going right. You're, gonna, you're not going to be scared when you're uncomfortable. He says it's gonna, your, your roots, you're going to be founded in the word of God. So you won't fall over. When someone tells you something, you know if it's true or not. You know how to test the spirit. You understand it. You understand when you're dealing with a brother or sister that are immature. You don't fall out with them and say, I'm going to leave and go somewhere else. You don't take your ball and run with it and run to. You don't do that. You say, well, I'm not going to give because I don't like what they're doing. You do what is good because because it's pleasing to God. Amen. Keep going. But its leaf will be green. Uh -huh. And will be not anxious in the year of drought. Nor will cease from yielding fruit. That's a good one right there. It will not cease in yielding fruit. Some of you ain't produced nothing in a long time. Really? When we're talking about, the, about Jesus coming into the, the fig tree. What did he do? When he talk, came to the fig tree that didn't produce anything, what did Jesus do? He killed it. Think about that. If Jesus walked to you, would he kill you? You ain't doing nothing. You're wasting time. But you say you're mine. It's oxymoron. You're a Christian and worry. They don't go together. We have faith. We have mature faith. We know where our blessings come from. Elevate your faith through the messiness of your situation. Elevate your mind to see beyond the barriers of that are in front of you. 
It may be messy right now, but place your confidence in God. It may not look good right now, but believe in your heart that God can perform miracles in your life. God can, and God will renew your faith. If you are a child of God, and you've been in a messy situation, and you have not been leaning on the Lord, you have been trying to do this on your own, if you have not been waiting patiently on God, if you have not been doing what God wants you to do, this is your opportunity to get right with God. This is your opportunity to come up here and say, or stand where you are and say, you know what, God, I have not been giving it to you. I've been trying to do it on my own. And I've created a bigger mess than I had in the beginning. I'm asking you to fix it. I'm going to totally give it to you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go and do what's good. That means I'm going to do what's pleasing to you. I'm going to learn to keep my mouth shut about my problems and open my mouth about the praises and the things that you've done for me. Amen. I'm going to be a better example for you and the kingdom. I'm going to help those that are less fortunate than I am. I'm going to praise your name. Negativity, you don't hear negativity from me. No one, wants to, no one cares to hear how bad you got it. You want to know how bad we got it? Turn it on the news. I get so mad. Because it's all we sit up and do and talk about over and over and over again. Amen. About how bad it is and this and that. And people are fighting and people are at each other. And it's one thing on top of another. Two years ago it was COVID. We're all going to die. Everybody's dying. I don't want to wear a mask. You should wear a mask. You understand how it upsets me. That we cannot come together as God's people and just do it God's way. If I don't want to do it, if it's affected my brother, then it says, if eating meat in front of my brother causes him to sin, what am I going to do? I'm going to eat me a steak. No, it says don't eat in front of him. How hard is that? But you know what we do? We eat a steak, a hamburger, and some french fries. And knowing that this man's having problems. We will take people that have problems with drinking, we'll take them to a club. Well, you, that's not a Christian. Amen. We do everything that's going to be uh, 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 divisive to God and to each other. And then we talk about when we all get to heaven. Please forgive me. Please forgive me, but I'm passionate about what I believe in. I'm very passionate about us going to heaven. I'm very passionate about what goes on in this world. And you should be as well because our children, I fear for my grandkids. I fear for them. Because you know a lot of them are not as strong-willed as I am. As you are. These kids have more knowledge than we have in their hands. And you know what? And they're dumber than we are. I'm telling you. Going to school, they are learning things a lot faster and quicker than we're. But you know common sense? Zero. Amen. I mean zero. Amen. The things they want to know, they find out. They'll do it. Everything they can Google, everything that they do, that's bad. But anything that they need to learn about the Lord of them, no. They take somebody's word for it. I never thought that we could walk around with a computer in our pocket. Really? A computer in your pocket, man. Every one of us, everyone has a computer. If you get internet, you got a computer in your pocket. Do you know we used to have to take our, our, our watches off when we went to math? If you had a, uh, had a calculator on it? My fingers were always fat because I couldn't do mine. I was putting the wrong numbers in it. Take them off. Show your work. They let them have their phones. I might need to get in touch with my family. For what? Are you a doctor or a lawyer? Really? What do you, 
What are you on social media for? At 12 and 13. What is it, what's so important going on in your life that you need to tell everybody what's going on? Amen. Living at, at somebody else's house. <laughs> Think about this. Yeah. I'm sorry for, I'm sorry people can't accept who I am. I'm passionate about the word of God. I'm passionate about your souls. I'm passionate about getting the church right. I sit back as a kid and watch men lead us down the wrong path. And other men talk about it behind closed doors instead of jumping up and saying, no, you're wrong. Amen. You're wrong. Because you know why? They didn't want, they was worried about the humanistic part. You know what? Now they might isolate me. I think that's what happened to Jesus. I think that's what happened to Paul. I thank God that I have people that not are on my side, but on God's side with me. Amen. No, we're not following early. We're following God. Yes. Amen. Men and women that are not scared to stand up and carry that blood-stained banner of Christ. You get an opportunity to get yourself right. If you're not a member of the body of Christ, all the things that we talked about doesn't apply to you. You're by yourself. If you die without the Lord, you cannot make heaven your home. Well, Brother Copeland, that's kind of, no, that's what it is. The truth is, if you die without the Lord, you cannot make it to heaven. The only way to heaven is going through baptism, being inside the body of Christ. Only those that were saved that were inside the ark, God closed the door. And when God closes that door on you, that door will never, ever open up again. And for us who those I, I mentioned about our children who are not faithful, pray for them. Pray for them. Stop saying that you, what you want and say to God, let your will be done. Because you know what? Some of them might come into, back to the church at your funeral. You don't care how they get it, Amen. just as long as they get it. Sometimes it's our part. We want, we want it. That's how we want it. No, God, let your will be done. Amen. Amen. Amen.